A lot certainly transpired over the first two days of the NFL's legal tampering period as it relates to your favorite football team. And yet, we're still waiting on the big one, aren't we? Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also happen to offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates in the same spot that you found this. Larry Ogunjobi is back. Good news. DeMonte Casey is back. Good news. I'm not crazy about it coming at the cost, potentially, of Terrell Edmonds, but we'll see how that goes. And Robert Spillane was signed away by the Raiders, leaving exactly one NFL-ready inside linebacker in the fold, that, of course, being Miles Jack. And even in his case, I wonder if the situation is super certain, given that he's due $14 million and something's going to have to give there. That's way, way too big a cap hit. An inside linebacker is needed. Two inside linebackers are needed. Arguably, three inside linebackers are needed. And that's an uncomfortable place for the team to be. There's no question about that. I don't care what the date is. I don't care how far away the draft is. I don't care who all you'd be looking at in the draft. This team's going to have to find a way once and for all, maybe, possibly, theoretically, to get their magical Ryan Shazier successor. It's been how many years now? It's been how many different players tried at that position. It's been a new wave of types of players being used at the position, which very much to Ryan's credit, he was way ahead of that curve. There was even a high first round pick for whom the Steelers traded up. And he came along, had a nice, decent rookie year, encouraging. And the next thing you knew, Devin Bush was on the outs, and nobody even mentions him, even though he's one of the handful of remaining inside linebackers available in free agency. You know what that tells me? Yeah, I'll bet it's the same for you. This absolutely must be a focal point in the draft, even if the Steelers somehow pull off getting another inside linebacker of some significance in the remainder of free agency. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. And it's funny, isn't it, how that landscape can change? multiple times over just 48 hours. But when Cam Sutton was lost, first thought, well, absolutely have to go get PZ's kid, Joey Porter Jr. Sure, have to go for a corner. There's also the guy from Oregon. We're going to go for him too. But now that you see Patrick Peterson come in, you do still want to see a corner, I think, out of these top three picks and stop focusing so much, everybody, on the 17th. There's a 17, there's a 32, and a 49. And any scouting department worth its weight 
should be able to uncover not one, not two, but three impact players when choosing all three within the top 50. Don't let them off the hook by just talking about 17 or even just 17 and 32. It's 17, 32, and 49. And if you can get yourself the corner and you can get yourself the defensive lineman, the kid who might come along and start finally representing the next generation of the D-line, then one can only hope that you'll also end up with a corner and an inside linebacker. Now, I say that while also being aware that corner is one of the deepest positions in the draft. I say that while also being aware of the fact that I just listed for you three defensive positions and none on offense, which even though the offense of the Steelers is obviously a lot younger, it's still at least a little cringy to think about the top of your draft being that defensive heavy. But then there was another move that the team made yesterday that I haven't mentioned yet, and that was the signing of Nate Herbig, a guard, veteran guard, not super old, still has a reasonable potential to get better. And he is seen, and rightly so, as being someone who would come in and challenge Kevin Dotson at left guard. If that were to happen, and what have I been saying here for quite a while now on this front, the Steelers might have already addressed their desired depth, or at least some component to that depth, on that side of the line. I keep telling everybody that they like Dan Moore. They really do. He's the left tackle. They also like Dotson, but they've there's always been some part of management that's kind of kept him at bay from being somebody that they really, really trust. And that might have come to light yet again with the Herbig signing. One way or another, it would appear that the Steelers found themselves a solution to fearing this guy or that guy either struggling or going down, and that they now might not feel the need or the pressure to address that within picks 17, 32, or 49. And that in turn would allow them, of course, to draft all defense with those three picks. And you know what? At this point, after everything they've gone through, they might as well draft three inside linebackers. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's J1Q comes from Kevin, who says, I really hope, DK, that you're wrong, that the Steelers would be putting all their eggs in any one position in the draft basket. That's a recipe for reaching for another Hardy Burns. What happens if, poor Hardy, what happens if there's a run on corners early like what happened with wide receivers last year? Are they going to deal their third or their second picks to go get one? Or are they taking another second round talent with their first pick? And what happens 
If this individual struggles out of the gate, will Akella Witherspoon or James Pierre take over at CB2? I appreciate the sentiment of all of this, even the endless jabs at Artie, who's become, I think he's kind of taken over for Jarvis Jones in terms of people that you bring up when it applies to the Steelers reaching for a player over a positional need. Although Jarvis wasn't really a need either. Jarvis was just, what were they thinking? To me, Jarvis is the one that blows my mind. Absolutely love this dude, but so grossly undersized for his position. Okay, enough of that. All the eggs, if they end up in any one basket, I believe would be an inside linebacker. And I believe, as I stated earlier in the week on this show, that there's a lot of uh, a sentimental attachment on the part of this head coach to that position that he values it on the football field almost the way you would have valued it 10, 15 years ago still. And you know what I'm saying. I'm talking about your Lawrence Timmons types, the, the type where everything just kind of rotates around the one guy. Now, I say that and your chin drops right away because you're thinking of the last time they did that, which is actually a better example than Artie, and that being Devin Bush, of course. They were just determined they were going to get their Shazier successor, and they were going to do whatever they had to do to get a Devin. They got up there, and the right Devin was gone, and they had their Devin left. And even though Omar Khan wasn't the GM then, and even though Andy Weidel wasn't the guy that was basically building the draft board, as he is now back then, and Kevin Colbert's not around anymore, I can promise you that Mike Tomlin would still feel the sting of that particular pick and everything that went into it. You can talk yourself into anything after the fact. You can say, well, this would have been a dynamite pick for us, everything that we wanted if it wasn't for the ACL, but other players have come back from ACL injuries and not been timid about tackling. So I'm going to agree with you on this much, and that is that I don't believe, and I've been consistent on this one for a long time now, that the Steelers have any reason whatsoever to move up. The nature of draft boards is that there are 32 of them in the NFL, and all 32 are 100% guaranteed to be different. In most cases, very different, depending not just on team needs, but also on the way they evaluate certain players, the way they prioritize certain traits at a certain position. I can promise you that there are not any two that are alike among those 32. So what that means is that 16 players are off the board by the time you pick as the Steelers. And out of what's left, you're going to have someone for real who's top five on your board sitting there. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. teed. You don't need to be trading up for anything or anyone. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. 